The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to find out the stories behind the stories. Welcome to Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective. Get ready for some amazing guests, along with Nick's own expertise and insight behind some of today's top news in sports. The where, why, and how. Now, here's your host, Nick Ferguson. It's Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective. I am your host, Nick Ferguson, and I'm joined by my counterpart, Mario Vitanzi. As you can see, Mario, I changed it up just a little. You know, we always talk about Ebony and Ivory on this program, but wanted to go with a little bit of salt and pepper. Uh, I hey, s- we, we got to keep it fresh, Nick. I like it. Yeah, you know, I was kind of inspired by that commercial, that salt and pepper uh, commercial that's running on air. And my kids, of course, they were not born in the 80s, but they love that salt and pepper commercial. And guess what? It's salt and pepper, Ebony and Ivory, Batman and Robin, however you want to call it. Uh, we're on live here, Voice America Sports. It is Super Bowl week. I don't know what you're doing, Mario, and what kind of food that you're preparing uh, for this Sunday's big game. But I tell you what, I, you know, I'm excited. I, I'm excited. Uh, we're going to be joined by some great guests uh, on the show today. We're going to be joined by Brandon Stokely, Super Bowl champ. Just call it Super Bowl champ week here on Voice America Sports. Matt Chatham, three-time Super Bowl champ with the New England Patriots, joins the program in the bottom of the hour. Also, the fine dress Amani Toomer. We're going to get him on the line and get his take on the Super Bowl and what it takes uh, to win a, a Super Bowl in preparation for that. So, Mario, a lot to talk about, a lot going on in Denver. We'll get these guys on the horn and, and get to it. But controversy, controversy, that's, we don't just talk about it in sports. There's controversy in the Miss Universe pageant. I don't know if you know about that. We'll talk about that later. But also controversy in the Oscars. When you talk about minorities being snubbed for Oscar noms, I mean, it's just kind of a wild, Mario. Have you ever had a chance to watch any of this stuff to to break it down? More importantly, the Miss Universe contest? Yeah, I was I was looking for the stuff on the Miss Universe uh, pageant. Didn't somebody get robbed at the Miss Universe pageant, Nick? Yeah, uh, someone did, in fact, you know, get robbed, you know, when you look at it, it's a beauty contest. Let's, first and foremost, it's a beauty contest. And Casey Fennell, Miss Jamaica, came in fifth. I mean, stunning, stunning woman. And the crazy thing about it is that she came in fifth, and the other contestants after Miss Columbia, let me say that right, Miss Columbia. There you uh, go. Pauline Vega took home the coveted Miss USA, Miss Universe, excuse me, crown of 2015 amongst cheers and boos. But I think that it, it's, the whole controversy set Twitter ablaze because so many of the women that participated in the contest gravitated towards Casey Fennell afterwards and lifted her up as though she was the winner of the 2015 Miss Universe contest. So it, it is strange how things happen, but there's controversy just flowing. I mean, whether sports, beauty competitions, Oscars, it, there's controversy. All I know, Nick, is if we were in like a beauty contest of best-looking show hosts, we would at least be top three. What do you mean top three? Give me, hey, listen, I'm going to give myself more credit than that. <laughs> I mean, at least give me one, maybe one B, but not number okay, three. Come on. You would, be, you would be one A and I would be one B then. All right, then. Okay, well, that, that would definitely 
uh, work work for me. One A and one B, but you always got to think the best about yourself. Let's see if we can get to our good friend Amani Toomer uh, on the line. Are we able to get Amani on the line yet? Okay, well, just let us know what once we get Amani on the line. But like we said, you're listening to Nick Ferguson, Secondary Perspective here on Voice America. If you want to get into the conversation, 888-346-9144. We're talking about Oscars. We're talking about Miss Universe. And, of course, we're talking Super Bowl. Super Bowl, Mario. Let's go ahead and, and jump and break this thing down while we wait to get Amani Toomer uh, on the line. You got the New England Patriots facing off against the Seattle Seahawks. And, of course, there's been so much controversy uh, this week about what's been taking place. But the biggest thing and that is kind of funny, we go from Deflategate to Marshawn Lynch and, and, his, and his comments. If we can play a little Marshawn Lynch uh, right now so our listeners can get a load of this. So I don't get fired. So y'all can sit here and ask me all the questions y'all want to. I'm going to answer with the same answer. So y'all can shoot if y'all please. I'm here so I won't get fired. I'm just here so I won't get fired. Mario, I mean, listen, I, I know taking part in the interviews is part of your job as a professional athlete. It's in your contract. But I have to tell you, I mean, it is really fun to watch Marshawn Lynch sit, whether it's media day or in the locker room, and have these reporters try to pry answers for from him. And like he said, the league was threatening to uh, find him maybe half a million dollars if he did not show up, and more importantly, if he did not say anything. So are, are you upset, or would you have liked to see Marshawn Lynch utter more words than, I'm here so I don't get fined? You know, Nick, I'm just kind of over the whole Marshawn Lynch thing. Like, first off, to the members of the media, why are you engaging this man? Clearly, the elevator doesn't go all the way to the top, Nick. I mean, you can tell that there are a couple screws loose in this man for acting the way that he does. Like, people want to think that he's in power. Like, oh, he's not going to talk to the media. Good for him. No, just do your job. Everybody has a part of their job that they don't like to do, but they have to do. Why? Because it's part of your freaking job. You know, you're not above that. But for the media to engage him and, and make this a story, Nick, is even more frustrating than Marshawn Lynch's actions. I mean, if he comes out at the very beginning and says, yo, uh, I'm going to answer the same uh, every question with the same response, blah, 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 then people should just leave. Or you know what I tweeted, Nick? Ask him some really random pressing questions and try and get him to break. You know, how do you beat the troll, you troll the troll. So I'd ask him, so you know, when he came out and said, my response to everything will be, I'm here so I don't get fined. I would ask the question, if your mother were on her deathbed and you were next to her in the hospital, what would you say to her? And then just see if he would break, Nick. I mean, this is, this is what, the, what people need to do to get over this. But the fact that this is a story at all is frustrating. Like, you can't turn on ESPN or the NFL Network or Yahoo Sports or whatever without hearing about A, Deflategate, and B, Marshawn Lynch. At no point has anybody talked about Brandon Brown or playing against his former team in the, in the Seattle Seahawks. At no point have I heard someone say Tom Brady versus Russell Wilson. You know, it's the, it's the newcomer versus the wily old vet. Uh, there, there are no other storylines, and it gets driving me crazy. So can we just talk about, like, the breakdown of the game and who we think is going to win and why and, and not, like, some clown who refuses to answer questions because he's got his own prerogative? Wait a minute. Well, let's not call, go that far to call the guy a clown. I think He's a clown, Nick. No, no, no. He's doing this for attention. He's trying to build a brand. No, like no. I, I'm just, I'm just, I'm over it. I'm over the whole Marshawn Lynch thing, and I'm over the media making this a story. Yeah, but here's the thing. I, I don't think he is trying to make a mockery of the media. Uh, but the thing is, he's been doing this for a while. I mean, I can understand if it was something that he started to do for the first time, I get it. But as long as he's been in the league, even when he played with the Buffalo Bills, he was a guy that didn't want to be in front of the camera. He's like, show me where I, where I need to play on Sunday so I can lace him up and go beast mode on, on, on a couple of defenders. That's, that's all, all he wants to do. Every guy is not a glory hound and wants to be in front of, of the camera. I mean, when you look at the positions in football, the wide receiver position, which you know we would have Brandon Stokely on the program uh, later on, and he, maybe he can chime in on this, but that is the prima donna position. And Marshawn Lynch is, hey, listen, I have to be here. He did the same thing last year in the Super Bowl when Seattle went. 
He didn't really want to talk. He shied away from the media. Now the league is threatening to find him. I don't blame him. I'm going to sit there. And you said, I have to be here. I'm going to make some comments. No one said that they had to make sense. He could have said one fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish. Does it really make a difference? He's there. He's saying something. No, Nick, I, I, I understand that. And look, this is what happens when an unstoppable force meets an immovable object. It's the NFL versus Marshawn Lynch. Neither of them want to give. The NFL wants to make an example out of him, but Marshawn Lynch just doesn't care. You can't, you can't present logic to crazy. And that's what Marshawn Lynch is. He's just not all there. Honest to God, and I've talked to Tyler Columbus, who played with Marshawn Lynch when he was in Seattle, and I asked him specifically about Marshawn Lynch. I was like, what can you tell me about him? He just seems like a strange guy. He said, doesn't hang out with members, like other members of the team, doesn't really talk to anybody, just comes in, does his own thing, just a weird guy, like just some dude from outer space. But here's the thing, Nick. Neither entity is in the right. I don't agree with Marshawn Lynch, and I also don't agree with the NFL. The NFL shouldn't be finding him for all this nonsense. And then, you know, this crap with the hat, Nick, where they were going to find him for wearing, like, the logo on his hat. Tom Brady wore a Tom Brady hat, but he doesn't get fined. So this is the point where I think the NFL is taking it extremely too far. They want to make an example out of him. But they're not going to because he's an immovable object. Like, you're not going to make any progress. All of this just needs to stop. Well, I, I think, you know, everyone has a freedom of speech. That's part of uh, our rights that we do have. And you do have the right to remain silent. Uh, but in this case, when you're dealing with the NFL, you're in the public eye. I think uh, that, that is stripped away, that, that is removed. But to me, like I said, he's there. He showed up. He didn't really answer the questions the way that, the reporters wanted him to answer, but he did give them an answer. I mean, you, I'm sure you, you've dated a couple of, of women. Now you're engaged, but what they, they asked you a question, you've answered it, but it wasn't to uh, the magnitude where they would agree with that because, hey, listen, we've all been there. Hey. Okay, but Nick, that's completely different. You're talking about, you know, a man trying to understand a woman versus the general public trying to understand Marshawn Lynch. It's a little different. Yeah, that's like trying to uh, break the, uh, what I guess, the Da Vinci Code or something like that, trying to understand women, right? I would rather go after the Da Vinci Code. Yeah, I know. I haven't really uh, mastered that one just uh, just yet. But um, we're going to move on from Marshawn Lynch. You know, it is what it is. I mean, he spoke. He said something. But talk about the storylines really quick before we get Brandon Stokely here on the line. The storylines what people should be focusing on, not Deflategate, not Marshawn Lynch, but you got Tom Brady and Russell Wilson a third-round 5'10 quarterback that everyone passed over, and then Tom Brady, a six-round quarterback that someone said, hey, listen, here's a slim, scrawny kid from Michigan. He can't be an NFL quarterback. All I know, he's paid a lot of money. He's the face of the franchise. He's married to a supermodel who makes more money than he does. To me, hey, listen, Tom Brady's living, li- he's living life, and he's living it the right way. But when you look at these two quarterbacks, they, they are, there's some disparity between the two. Tom Brady rarely makes mistakes. He's not that mobile. We saw Russell Wilson make more mistakes than we've ever seen him in that game against the Green Bay Packers. So hopefully he can overcome that against the Patriots this Sunday. But both quarterbacks, one thing that's great about them, they they really don't make mistakes. I know I mentioned the fact of the Green Bay Packers game, and I just just think that's kind of an anomaly, and that's not going to be something that is going to happen in, in the Super Bowl. But it should be talking about these two players. should be fo- focusing on Marshawn Lynch, LeGarrette Blunt, Skittles, and as I like to call it, Blunt Force Trauma, because that's exactly what it is when you run into LeGarrette Blunt. And before we go to break, I'll toss this out for you, Mario. We've heard so much about the legion of boom. Richard Sherman, Cam Chancellor, Earl Thomas, and Maxwell. Could, could we now call the Patriots secondary the Justice League, if the, if the Seahawks are calling themselves the Legion of Boom, we got Revis, Chung, Browner, and, and McCourty. Can we, can we call them the, the, the Justice League against the Legion of Boom? Nick, we could, but the Justice League stands for good. And nothing about the New England Patriots stands for good. Wow. I mean, 
You know what? That's how it is, man. Like, look at their past, Nick. They, they, they refuse to learn. And I understand, look, this whole deflate gate thing got blown way out of proportion. If it wasn't the game before the Super Bowl, Nick, we barely would have heard about it. But the point is, this isn't their first indiscretion. This is, and you referred to Bill Belichick as the emperor from Star Wars. And there's a reason for that, Nick, because he just gives off an evil vibe. Like, how many times has he, you know, maybe not broken the rules, Nick, but just bent him just a little bit to get just the slightest advantage? Now, I know that there's old homage, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying, but I'm not, I don't want to hear that. Go out there on an equal playing field and just be better than the guy across from you. Otherwise, it's an empty accolade. So... The whole Justice League, I see what you're trying to do there, and I like it, but I, I, it's just hard for me to associate New England Patriots with anything that stands for good. Well, coming up after the break, we will talk to Super Bowl champ Brandon Stoker. He's been with a couple of NFL teams, and we'll jump back into Legion of Boom, Justice League, the dark side of the Patriots. After this break, you listen to Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective on Voice American Sports. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Engelhart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Engelhart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're listening to Secondary Perspective with Nick Ferguson. To get in the lineup for today's show, please call 1 888 346 9144. That's 1 888 346 9144. Or send an email to nickfergshow at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Before we went to the break, we were discussing the evil empire as Mario so eloquently described it. Say, good, good, I feel your hate. Let the hate flow through you. (laughs) Strike me down. (laughs) That's always uh, something that's very uh, interesting within itself uh, to see uh, people's take and view of the New England Patriots. And I've had a chance to play against Tom Brady several times in the Patriots uh, offense and playing for both the Denver Broncos and the New York Jets and even the Houston Texans. And it's kind of ironic because whether it's the Patriots, whether it's Floyd Mayweather, which we'll try to get into a little later on, but individuals seem to hate people when they're on top. And when you're on top, you're always looking down. There's no one uh, above you. And say what you want to say about Bill Belichick and the Patriots organization. Every year, they've been written off. And and everyone's like, well, they haven't been back to the Super Super Bowl since Spygate. But they're always there in the end, participating, playing in the AFC Championship for the right to go to the Super Bowl. And now they find themselves back in Arizona in a Super Bowl, which, which is it's fascinating. Tom Brady, sixth Super Bowl appearance. That, that's that's wild. I mean, some people, Dan Marino, and I, I grew up in Miami. Dan Marino went his first year, and he played for 12, 13 seasons, never went back. 
Never went back. That's because they never cheated, Nick. It's a lot easier to get to the Super Bowl six times when you play for a coach that cheats. So you're saying all six times that the Patriots went to the Super Bowl, they cheated every time. If we look at their past and the things that have been brought up as far as Spygate and you know, and anything that has gate after it is apparently means that it's a problem. But I, it, it's just hard for me, Nick, that they've so many different times. I mean, they walked through with a video camera at the St. Louis Rams practice before they won their first Super Bowl. So who's to say that didn't happen, that, you know, it didn't happen in the other Super Bowls that they won? I'm just saying. I mean, there's a reason that you go 18 and 0 throughout the regular season. Something gets brought to your attention where maybe you're not you know, following the rules. And then all of a sudden, with one of the greatest teams in NFL history, you lose to a team that was a wild card team for the regular season. I, I don't know. You know, the rule is, you know, I've always heard ever since Pop Warner, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. But we're going to ask a guy who's been in the NFL for 10-plus season, now he's an analyst for Altitude Sports Network, two-time Super Bowl champ, Brandon Stokely joins Secondary Perspective. Brandon, thank you for joining the program. Thanks for having me. All right, Brandon. I mean, you're in Denver right now. We're talking about cheating. Now, like I just said, when I, where I grew up in Miami, that was part of the culture. If you're not cheating, you're not trying. Do you believe in that whole attitude and that whole culture as we look back at the Patriots and the whole Deflategate situation? Well, you know what? I mean, that's a, that's a tough a tough call there. I just think that with the Patriots – and what they've been through and what they've done, it's just too much smoke. It's too much fire there. You know, um, it's, it's, there's got to be some kind of penalty. I know what you're saying, but, you know, for them, it just happens over and over and over again. And, with, and you have to understand that the, the business that they're in, the, the NFL and the scrutiny and what, what those, you know, the commissioner and, and, and all them are looking at, um, you can't slip up if you're the Patriots, and you can't have this kind of controversy. Like I heard y'all talking earlier about the Rams, and there's a big, uh, you know, a lot of people thinking Kurt Warner came out this week, and he said that, you know, he kind of wonders uh, about the filming of their practice. And if you watch that game, I think you probably would say, hey, the Patriots probably had a little inside scoop. They probably did it. And uh, that's crossing the line. You don't do that kind of stuff. You don't film somebody's Super Bowl practice. And I, and I believe they did it, and and I think it was kind of washed under the rug, but and, and now this thing comes up, so it's always something with them. And like you said, they, they're a good team; they've been a good team. Belichick's a good coach, but why does it constantly happen to them? You know exactly. What? Hey, maybe, hey, they, they they had this saying about being in the wrong place. At the right time. Oh, <laughs> oh come on, Nick. Nick, it's, Nick, it seems like you're defending the actions of the New England Patriots. Like, you're the one that's always referring to them as the evil empire and Belichick this and Belichick that. Now you're trying to give them, like, the benefit of the doubt when our man Brandon Stokely is saying that something's up with this? Come on, Nick. Hey, listen, man. I, I don't know. I wasn't there. I'm gathering all the information, collecting the data so I can make a sound uh, a decision. <laughs> but what's been put before me? I, I don't know, but but Brandon, let's take a look at those Denver Broncos for a second. They hire Wade Phillips and Gary Kubiak, which I think are great fits for the Denver Broncos. With that being said, uh, Peyton, when we last saw him speak, he was a little uncertain whether he was going to return with the Broncos. Now that they have, have these two hires, the guys who are really respected in the NFL, does Peyton come back? You know what? I hope so. And there's a lot of talk about uh, uh, around here in Denver, whether, you know, the Broncos are going to want him back. And a lot of people don't want him to come back for some reason. And uh, I think it's crazy. Uh, but I, I certainly hope he comes back. And, um, I think, uh, you know, I, and there's a lot of talk will he fit in Kubiak's offense. And I, I think with an off season, uh, hopefully, you know, with him getting healthy, uh, I think he'll, he'll be fine in that offense and, and he'll be able to make it work. Um, so I, I think, uh, if you're a Broncos fan, you should want him to come back because if not, I don't know what, what options you go with without that guy. You know, I mean, it's almost a guarantee with him. You're going to have 10 wins. You're going to be in the playoffs. And, and as an organization, as a fan, that's all you can really ask for. So, um, I think, uh, you know, and I'm a Broncos fan and, and I live here. So I'm definitely hoping that, that he comes back. 
if, if he doesn't come back, I mean, the next guy waiting in the wings is Brock Osweiler, and all we've seen him do is playing a couple of preseason games and hand the ball off. If Peyton doesn't come back, do you think, you know, as, from an analyst standpoint and knowing that you play the game, can Brock lead this team now? You know what? Yeah, it's uh, that that that's that's up in the air. You know, I I played with the guy, you know, for a year, his rookie year. Uh, a lot has changed since then, and um, from what we've seen, you know, I don't know if he's that guy. And and I guess it's hard to tell until you throw a quarterback in there and say it's your job, you know, and give him you know a half a season to see what he can do. But it's it, it's just so hard to tell with these guys, especially with the limited amount of work that he's had mostly against backups and playing with backups. Uh, so it's to me it's a toss-up. They inside that organization, organization should know a lot more by watching him day in and day out and, and, and in practice. But I would hate to turn this team over, which, which is still a really good team. Let's not forget the Broncos are a good football team. And I think with Gary Kubiak could be, you know, you know, again, a top two or three, four uh, team in the AFC, and if you get hot at the right time, they could be a Super Bowl team again. Um, so, uh, but without Peyton Manning, not, now you, you you you're putting yourself in a predicament where where you're looking at maybe a six and ten year, a uh, four and twelve. You know, those kind of years coming up for the next three, four, five years. And as a as a fan here and living here, I don't want to see that. And I've seen it with a lot of other organizations, and I think a lot of people get spoiled with Peyton Manning and what he's brought here, and they think you can just move him out and put somebody else in and you'll be fine, but that's not the case. If you're just joining the program, we're talking to Brandy Stokely, 10-plus years in the NFL, nine analysts for Altitude Sports Network, two Super Bowl rings to his credit. Now, Brandy, I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, the Super Bowl preparation. It's always kind of chaotic. You know, you have the media day. As a guy who's been there, how do you juggle all that? You, you, the practice, the media day, tickets, family, the whole hoopla of the Super Bowl. How, how do you manage that emotionally and, and stay ready for the game? Yeah, you know what? For me, I, I, I took all care of my business early, my, my ticket stuff, all that out of the out of the way as soon as I could. Got all that handled um, and, and the hotels, all that stuff. And I let my family know, hey, for me, this is a business trip. Okay, I'm going down there to win the Super Bowl. Like you said earlier, Dan Marino got there and is what his first year, second year, and then didn't see another Super Bowl. So um, I said, hey, I'm going down there for a business. I'm trying to win me a Super Bowl. Y'all have fun, enjoy yourselves, but but don't be looking for me to go out and have dinner and do this and do that with y'all. If I'm available and I have a little time, maybe I, maybe I'll show up for something and, and hang out with y'all for a little bit. But other than that, I'm focused on practice. I'm focused on the Super Bowl and, and this opportunity. And so I let them know that also, and they were very understanding about that, which made it easier for me. And for, as far as practice and everything, I mean, I was just focused. And I, I knew I was there to play in a football game and to try and win a Super Bowl, and I wasn't going to let that opportunity pass without doing everything I could to prepare myself for that game. And that's what I did. In this matchup Sunday, we, we have two quarterbacks uh, who came in the league, I don't want to say in different fashions, but one was a third-round draft choice, one was a sixth-round draft choice. And Tom Brady has enjoyed success as a quarterback for 15 seasons. Russell Wilson's third season, first black quarterback, back-to-back Super Bowls. And when you look at these two quarterbacks and you look at this game, how, how is it that Russell Wilson is to ensure that he gives his Seattle Seahawks the best possible chance to win and merge victorious once the game ends on Sunday? Well, yeah, I think, like you said, with both of those guys, I mean, they both have have done so much, especially early in their careers. Tom Brady, you know, won three out of four Super Bowls, you know, early in his career. Russell Wilson is just, you know, I mean, he was overlooked, and he's just coming to the league, and, and, and he's just a winner. The guy just wins. He's just a playmaker. He's a winner. Um, he does everything that you ask of him as a, as a coach in the organization. Um, so I think for him – you know, and what got him in trouble uh, a couple weeks ago against Green Bay is just the turnovers, and he usually does not turn the ball over. But when they turn the ball over, Seattle, it's tough for them to win uh, because they're a ball-control offense. Usually they're not a high-scoring offense. They just kind of wear you down in the end. They usually beat you in the third, you know, late in the third or uh, fourth quarter. Um, so, but, but if they turn the ball over, they have trouble. And their defense, you know, then their defense can't be as aggressive because now they're playing from behind. 
They're not playing with the lead, and I think that's what you saw last year against the Broncos in the Super Bowl. They had that lead early, and they played fearless, fearlessness. You know, I mean, they just they didn't have a care in the world. They just pinned their ears back and played reckless, and that's the way that defense is made to play, and that's when they play really good. And, and so, but, but if they fall behind, and, and the other team and the and the Patriots can run the football, which I think they'll try to. That's I think that's a secret to try to beat Seattle. Is you have to control the game, you have to run the football against that defense. And uh, as far as Seattle's concerned, you know, you can't, they cannot turn the ball over like they did against Green Bay. Now, Brandon, obviously one of the big keys for the Patriots is going to be Gronk. I mean, we all saw what happened when he went down, and then at the beginning of the season when the Patriots were struggling, you know, he was still working to get back to 100%. And then since then, you know, he's been all of the difference. So it seems to me like the Seahawks have one of the few guys in the NFL that can cover him in Cam Chancellor, but I've been hearing that they're going to try Bruce Irvin on him first before they get chance around him. I mean, do you agree with that? Like, how, if you are the no. Seattle Seahawks, no, how do you stop Gronk? put Bruce Irvin on. And if you look, tight ends have kind of given, you know, in, in the games they struggle in, tight ends have given the Seahawks problems. You know, uh, uh, San Diego comes uh, to mind. Antonio Gates had a big game yeah, against exactly. them earlier in the year. And I, and I think uh, another tight end or two had, had some big games against him. But um, I would not – I wouldn't put Bruce Irvin. I think you've got to – Try to slow Gronkowski down at the line of scrimmage, um, and, and and put somebody there and get physical with them. It's hard to do that because he is big and strong. But I think you have that's a, that's the only way to slow him down. Uh, but the Patriots, to their credit, they do a great job of moving him around and, and and making it hard for defense just to key in on him because he's all over the place. Sometimes he's out wide. Sometimes he's in the slot. Sometimes he, you know he's next to the the, the tackle. Um, so they do a great job of moving him around. But if I'm a if I'm Seattle. You know, first of all, like you said, you got to stop Gronk, and then the next guy you got to stop is Edelman. And, and then right. if, if anybody else beats you, that's fine. But especially on third down, that's where Tom Brady goes to the football. And uh, so if you shut those two guys down, then I think he struggles. Well, good stuff, Brandon. Before we let you get out of here, give us a prediction for for Sunday. I got the Seahawks in a close one, twenty-four to twenty. Uh, should be a good football game. I know I'm looking forward to watching it, but uh, I got the Seahawks on top. Defense uh, just too strong, and I think Russell Wilson. He just, he's just, you know, he just makes plays. He's a playmaker. He's a winner, and he gets it done again. Wow, Brandon Stoke, there you have it. He's going with uh, Seattle Seahawks and the NFC. Brandon, I got to get you on the program next week to talk a little bit of free agency. Uh, about with the Denver Broncos, but that's Brandon Stokely. Well, especially because Wes Welker's probably on his way out. Brandon Stokely's about to come back and be a Bronco again. Well, that could happen. Could that, ha- <laughs> could, could, could that happen? My could wife that won't like that. Hey, okay. Brandon, just go in, go see Dr. V, get you all fixed up, you'll be ready to go. That's and, right. <laughs> that's Brandon, awesome. Don't, Brandon, don't, don't let Mario get you in trouble because happy wife, happy life. She doesn't need to know what you do on Sundays, Brandon. <laughs> you do your own thing, man. Come play. Come come back and play for us. Just one more year. Oh, I love it. All right, guys. Thanks. All right, Brandon. Brandon. Catch you next week. All right, Mario. That 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 was good stuff once again by by Brandon as you try to talk him into coming back for another season. Uh, I mean, I, I'm sure he would flourish in Gary Kubiak's uh, offense, but I think now the mainstay guy. Who uh, who's going to fit that role as Emmanuel Sanders? Nick, I'm still waiting for you to come back. I don't know what you've been what you've been waiting for. Hey, look, man, I'm ready. I'm geared up. I'm 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 trim. I'm slim down. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to smack some heads. Let's go then. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> coming up after the break, we'll talk to three times Super Bowl champ. Can you believe that? Three times, Matt Chatham, playing for the New England Patriots. He's going to break down the game for us and tell us. Who has the best chance of winning right after the break? You listen to Nick Ferguson, Secondary Perspective, here on Voice America Sports. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. I just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. (laughs) NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. 
If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams, Kwame's got the experience. So he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're listening to Secondary Perspective with Nick Ferguson. To get in the lineup for today's show, please call 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to nickfergshow at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. You're listening to Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective, and we are glad to be joined by uh, Matt Chatham, three-time Super Bowl winner for the New England Patriots. He's been on ESPN, Big Ten Network, and you can find him at Chatham58. Matt, thank you for joining the program. No problem, Nick. Thanks for having me. All right, Nish, I, I know you, you have to run, so I'm going to get into it right away. When you break down this game between the Patriots and the Seattle Seahawks, what are you looking for in this matchup? Well, Seattle's a unique challenge for really anyone in the NFL because they're so different from what most teams do. I think they're really an offense where, you know, we could say this about the Packers a little bit. You can say this about the Cowboys a little bit. Uh, in the event that you stop their run game, you really sort of uh, handicap them. Uh, the difference with the Cowboys is Tony Romo, it's not preferable to have him sit back and throw it 50 times, but he can. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, it's not preferable to have him sit back and, and, and throw it 50 times, but he can. I mean, it, Eddie Lacy's a nice addition. It makes them more balanced. I think with Seattle, they're that one unique group that if they don't have a rushing game with Marshawn Lynch, I don't believe they can win if Russell Wilson sits back there for 50 snaps. Now, that said, Russell is a great quarterback. He's very dangerous. But I think his style and the things he does is very contingent upon believing that there's a run game, uh, believing that the read option threat is there. In the absence of those things, it really changes the formula. When you look at the Patriots, the run game definitely has, has come alive with uh, Gray there and now Garrett Blunt. But the biggest issue is Gronkowski. Now you have a healthy Gronkowski going into the Super Bowl, and there's been some talk by the Seattle Seahawks defenders. But as a guy that played the game, how do you stop Gronk? And isn't even really possible. It's not. Uh, I think the one thing you want to do, and this is why the Patriots are so dangerous. I mean, I think they're a little bit comparable to to Denver in that they have a lot of different places they can go with the ball. You do have to make a decision on who you want to double or what you want to do sort of, you know, swinging a coverage or something along those lines. And it's it's odd enough, it's sort of following this team throughout the year, there aren't a lot of teams that are just straight out committed to to Gronk. Uh, it's more situational. They may be more willing to do something like that once you get into the high red area and end. But there are enough teams that have tried to maybe just route the middle of the line and then single them later or single them and have sort of zone help over the top. But you found uh, at least consistently throughout the course of a game a team that's willing to just throw two on it. Uh, and when I look at Seattle, I'm curious to what their response will be. They've done a pretty nice job in the last maybe month and a half, uh, maybe in two months, with, with better tight ends in the league, Greg Olson being one, uh, Jason Witten. They had pretty successful contests against those kind of guys. But if you go way back to early in the season, which isn't entirely fair, I'm sure they've improved their approach, but they really got smoked by Antonio Gates. You know, about 100 yards receiving, three touchdowns. They tried everything. They tried Cam Chancellor soloed on them. They tried K.J. Wright soloed on them. They tried doubling them with both of those guys. 
and gates still pull them apart. So I think that's something where the issue will be for that defense, I think, if they can prevent Gronk from really killing. You know, you can, you can allow some, some yardage and some catches between, between the red, you know, between, outside of that red zone, but, and that's a little less, a little less relevant, but once you get deep in, you, you can't be giving up sport, scoring plays between that duo with, with Brady and Gronk. Well, before we let you get out of here, give what's the prediction? I, I know you, you you stay true to the program and you you do a lot of broadcasting for the Patriots, but give us your opinion of who wins this game on Sunday. Uh, you know, anyone can win this game, but I, and I always try to deal in probabilities. Uh, I mean, I know. Yes, I do work in, in this market. I, I spent six of my nine years here with the Patriots, but I think just based on where I see these teams at right now. Uh, you gotta love the grittiness of Seattle. You gotta love their, their ability to sort of escape that game against Green Bay. But it was a bit of fortune. So uh, I look at, at the Patriots, I think are just playing better and have more ways to beat you. I think if they played ten times, the Patriots would win six or seven of them. That said, anything can happen this weekend. But if I'm going on probabilities, do I think strongest all the way around, both offensively and defensively? I think unbiasedly, I would still stick with the Patriots. Well, there it is, man. Hey, listen. I'm going with the Pats. I play Brady a lot. I like what they're doing in the organization, and I'm an AFC guy. So that that's where I'm winning. So I'll be, I will be tweeting you during the big game. Uh, have fun out there in, in Arizona. That's Matt Chatham. You can follow, follow him on Twitter at Chatham58. Thanks for joining the program. No problem, Nick. Take care, buddy. Bye. All right. Take care. Now, listen, staying in typical Patriots fashion, I want you to take a listen to what Robert Kraft had to say about uh, things that were tossed out about his head coach's organization and his starting quarterback, Tom Brady. Everybody said he was done, came back, and I think, you know, the first month of the season, he proved everybody that he still has a lot left in the tank. So I think he still has that hunger and that competitive nature to come out and prove it again. You know, he's a warrior, man, plays through everything. I mean, the game he got hurt in, uh, he played the last quarter left-handed. I mean, that just tells you how tough the, tough the guy is, man, so... Um, and you guys already know, if anybody can come back from this cold, he attacks his rehab. You know, he's a monster with his work ethic. You guys all know that's probably the player he is. I don't see Kobe as the type of guy that wants to leave his legacy on this on this terms. You know, I think he wants to go out on his own terms. So we'll just have to wait and see. Well, that was a little bit of a Byron Scott talking about Kobe Bryant, who for the third year in the row uh, is undergoing season-ending in- injury. Uh he had surgery today to repair a rotator cuff. Uh, his injuries, you know, lower body injuries, knee, torn Achilles, with the ro- this rotator cuff, you wonder, how is he going to come back from this? I mean, he, he is a shooter. He's a guy that takes, you know, 60 shots or his percentage of 60, 70% shooting uh, from the field. How is that rotator cuff, a surgically repaired rotator cuff, going to affect him coming back? And then if he does come back, now you're talking about Kobe going into his 20th NBA season. You know, is it really worth it? You know, Mario, is, is it really worth it? Who are, who are we talking about here, Nick? I mean, we're talking about Kobe Bryant. So, of course, in his mind, it's going to be worth it. The only thing is he's going to have to change his game up. And we see it a lot of times, you know, with the aging players. You know, when Carl Malone played for the Lakers at the end of his career, he had to change it up. He knew he was no longer the mailman. He was no longer the Carl Malone of old. So it's going to be a matter of can Kobe get over being Kobe Bryant? Can he be a distributor? Can he be a facilitator? Can he be, you know, the veteran guy to help out all the younger guys? Because if not, I don't see a future for him in basketball, at least not a successful one. Of course, he wasn't having a successful season as it was. So, you know, I, I think he's going to go out on his own terms just because it's Kobe Bryant, Nick, and he's kind of garnered that respect throughout his career to the point where he is able to go out on his own terms. But to this point, it's not going to be pretty. Well, we don't know what the Lakers and the Bus family is going to do with Kobe Bryant right now. I know they would like to have him back, especially for $25 million that they're paying him. But... The, the, the question is, is it time to now pass the torch to uh, someone else and move, move, move past Kobe Bryant because you have Julius Randolph who uh, injured himself in his first pro game in the NBA, a very talented kid out of uh, University of Kentucky. So it, might as well say, and this is one that most people in all franchises, I don't care, baseball, football, NBA, hate to hear, rebuild it. 
the Lakers have always had a star. But once Kobe leaves, you know, where are they going to find that star? But the Super Bowl is about trash talking. And, of course, Brandon Browner used to be part of the Legion of Doom, a Legion of Boom, but now he's a part of what I like to call the Justice League. Mario doesn't like that. But, but here's what he had to say, a message to his teammates, both the New England Patriots and the Seattle Seahawks when it comes to injury and that being the injury of Richard Sherman. Watching the game, you see Sherman was, you know, holding that arm like he had a sling on it. But at the end of the day, this is about the Super Bowl. I'm going to tell my teammates, go hit that elbow. Go hit that shoulder. Try to break it if you can, you know. You're going to be my best friend after the game, but at the end of the day, I know you want the Super Bowl just as bad as I do. He's a competitor, man. That's one thing to say about Brown. We, and, and it comes from, uh, you know, our bunch, our group, the LOB, the, the Legion. We're, we're all competitors. We all want to win. We all have a thirst for winning. So I understand he has a thirst for winning. I, I don't know if I'd say I'll break somebody's arm, but uh, like I said, bless his heart, man. Bless, that, bless his heart. I love, I love Browner. Bless his heart. Well, that was Cam Chancellor responding to the comments by Brandon Browner. I mean, as a football player, you get the injury report. The guy's either injured, uh, probable, doubtful. You get a list of what the injury is, but I don't think I've ever said that I would actually deliberately go out there and tell my guys, attack that elbow. Uh, for you, I mean, you play baseball and you've been around sports for a while. I mean, the, do these comments by Brandon Browner bother you at all? Um, honestly, Nick, it, it seems like he just kind of said what everybody is thinking. Like, do we really have a problem with him being honest? I mean, I certainly don't. I don't think that it needs to be said. I think he stepped out of line a little bit saying it, but I think because it's Richard Sherman, because, you know, the two of them go way back, then uh, I, I, I don't see it as an issue, really. Listen, I, I want you to take a listen to what uh, owner Robert Kraft had to say, here's the, here's, the, here's the audio for you. For 15 years, they are my guys. They are part of my family. And Bill, Tom, and I have had many difficult discussions over the years. And I have never known them to lie to me. And it bothers me greatly that their reputations and integrity, and by association, that of our team, has been called into question this past week. I am confident that this investigation will uncover whatever the facts were that took place last Sunday and the science of how game balls react to changes in the environment. If the Wells investigation is not able to definitively determine that our organization tampered with the air pressure in the footballs, I would expect and hope that the league would apologize to our entire team, and in particular, Coach Belichick and Tom Brady, for what they have had to endure this past week. Um, I've uh, spent, uh, as, as you know, quite a bit of time, and I've had uh, two lengthy uh, press conferences about that. My attention is totally turned now and focused on CLC Hawks and our game Sunday, and that's where it's going to st- no, I didn't hear him. I, I uh, it said as I was walking in, he said some awfully nice things. So uh, I feel very much the same way about him. We have a very special relationship. Uh, you know, I've been fortunate to play for 15 years, and uh, it's a privilege to play for this team. So uh, you know, Mr. Kraft, Jonathan, uh, you know, their family to me, and uh, you know, I'd love to go out and play my tail off and play as best I possibly can and try to go win a Super Bowl for him. It's not what you know. It's what you can prove. You know what? And, and how fitting, and that was uh, Denzel Washington from his character in Training Day. And, and Mario, it's, it's not what you know. It's what you can prove. So much talk about Gate. Now that is over. The big game is upon us. It's kind of put up or shut up. Tom Brady and the New England Patriots returned to the scene of the crime where they lost to the New York Giants and Arizona. I'm rolling with the Patriots and the AFC to win this game. I'm still going with my Justice League versus the Legion of Boom. And to me, there's no more I need to say. What do we need to say about this, Mario? 
Who's going to win? No, nothing else needs to be said, Nick. That's the point. We need to move on from the Flategate. We need to move on from Marshawn Lynch. We need to move on from all this nonsense, all this crap in the media, and just talk about the game. You're taking the Patriots. I'm taking the Seahawks because I think if they play their cards right and they do what they're supposed to do, Seattle will be able to stop and at least slow down Gronkowski. And without Gronkowski, that offense simply does not work. Seattle's defense is built for an offense like New England's. That's why I'm taking Seattle back-to-back champs. Well, you know what? I'm not surprised. Ebony and Ivory, salt and pepper, that you would disagree with me on this program. I'm not surprised. (laughs) You know, and then besides, I mean, the, the hate for the hate, the Patriots runs deep and flo- it flows like the dark it'll, side. It'll of never the force. go away. It'll yes. never go away. Yes. Yes. Hey, listen, I mean, great show as always. I want to thank Brandon Stokely from joining the program, Matt Chatham as well. Of course, my co-host, Mario Batanzi for being my sidekick and being my salt to my pepper. And also, Justin is back with the boys. The boys are back in town. Justin, thank you for making sure everything goes as smoothly as possible. If you're celebrating the big game on Sunday, drink responsibly. Remember, if you're eating pizza and wings, the treadmill is a call and after. I will be on the treadmill after the game myself to work off those extra uh, LBs. But have a great Super Bowl weekend. Have fun. Go out and do something for some people or individuals that you don't know. That's Nick Ferguson. Secondary perspective, next week, same time, right here. Break it down, NFL free agency. Have a safe weekend. Thanks again for stopping by. Be sure to catch Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective again next Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. in the West, on the Voice America Sports Channel. We'll share some more great stories next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.